From Washington, I'm David Schultz, and this is Talking Tax. Well, they say timing is everything, and today's guest is enjoying a bit of very, very good timing. Alex Leff is a partner at the UK-based firm Clifford Chance, and he just moved to Houston to help open the firm's new office there. And now is a really great time to open a law office in what is arguably the energy capital of the United States. That's because of all the clean energy tax provisions in last year's Inflation Reduction Act, or IRA. Though the bill was signed into law a year ago this month, federal agencies are still writing the rules for how those provisions will work. And that means that firms that want to claim one of the bill's many clean energy tax credits need legal advice badly. Bloomberg Tax's Aaron Slowey and Pavithra Rajesh spoke with Alex about all the work that's now on his desk and about why making these tax credits transferable was a total game changer. But first, Pavithra asked Alex about why his firm chose to head on down to Texas. Just to get started, can you talk to us a little bit about Clifford Chance's decision to expand into Houston and specifically why Houston? Yeah, so I think Clifford Chance expanded into Houston for a a number of reasons, but primarily because Houston is part of the energy transition and core to the energy transition in the United States. I like to refer to Houston as the energy transition capital of the world. Maybe that's uh, a little bit of an exaggeration, but it's not far from my perspective. So Houston has um, an enormous offering of legal talent and um, opportunities to build out the energy transition and help the proliferation of renewable energy and energy efficiency and and, and carbon-free technologies. And I know the Inflation Reduction Act has been taking up a lot of news coverage in the renewable energy space since it's passed last August. Like what how has the volume of clients you've received and the type of clients that you received kind of changed since the law's enactment? So certainly the the volume of deal work is expanding because the new technologies that are eligible for a tax credit un, under the IRA has expanded. So we're seeing a lot of inquiries and a lot of work from traditional clients, but also from some clients that are looking to take advantage of these new tax credits, specifically in the hydrogen space, um, the expansion of some of the carbon capture tax credits, some of the advanced manufacturing tax credits, for instance. The inquiries are coming from, um, uh, again, lots of folks that we've been doing work with for a long time and some new players that are, uh, are looking to take advantage of, of the IRA in, in its full. And so uh, I know that the energy work that your firm and other firms are doing definitely did begin with the IRA, but I'm sure it has increased as we've discussed. Um, has there been um, a consequential expansion in the hiring um, in the tax and energy space on your end? Uh, you know, I can't speak for, for all firms. For, for Clifford Chance, I mean, certainly there's, there's so much work to be done in the space. <laughs> I saw a post a couple of days ago just about how many new employees and entrants into the market, there's going to have to be to service all of the work necessary to reach our climate goals in the United States. Um, so we are, you know, certainly looking and, and, and certainly thinking about expanding the practice to, to make sure that we can best service our clients. You mentioned 
old players still being interested in some of these new and expanded credits. And you also mentioned the new players. Can you talk a little bit about what the law did in terms of monetizing the tax credits and kind of what that means for some like major corporate taxpayers? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a really interesting question. I mean, I think we all know that the the IRA allows for transferability of tax credits, the ability to buy and sell tax credits, which was not available prior to the IRA. This has made um, the monetization of tax credits that much easier, whereas historically we were required to use complex tax equity structures to move tax credits from one party to another. So the, the ease of um, transacting around, around tax credits and being able to, to actually monetize tax credits has certainly gotten folks more interested in the space and has alleviated some of the, the, the larger pressures on um, structuring and actually turning these tax credits from credits into cash. And as we're talking about interest in buying the tax credits, is there a certain type of company that you're seeing most interested in buying the tax credit? Or do they have a certain tax capacity that maybe makes them more of an ideal candidate to buy? Like, What are you seeing in terms of characteristics of people interested? The universe of, of tax equity investors or tax credit buyers has not really changed that much. Um, I think it's just, again, the ease of transacting has attracted more interest from folks. The largest taxpayers in the United States, you know, the banks, the insurance companies, the large corporates that have large tax capacity year after year have the ability to basically look out 12 months, 18 months, 24 months of what their tax liability will be remain the folks that are continuing to be interested in in buying these tax credits, as well as continuing to use historical tax equity transaction structures um, to mitigate tax liability. What I think the IRA does is, again, by removing these barriers to entry, while, while some new players are entering the space that may have been able to take advantage of tax credit or uh, tax equity structures before, they're now entering the space because of how easy it will be to buy and sell tax credits. And I know we're just talking about like transferability, one of the many provisions that's in the law. Um, and there are other like dozens of new and expanded tax credits that the IRS and Treasury Department are kind of slowly and maybe quickly considering that the law passed in August putting out. How has both the current guidance that we have and the kind of the outstanding guidance, how is that uncertainty or certainty kind of impacted clients as they look to navigate and get a piece of these credits? Yeah, I mean, really good question. The 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 uncertainty in many instances has, has had a pretty significant chilling effect on players in the space transacting, whether it's a, a technology or a structure. You know, we received the transferability guidance and the direct pay guidance back in June. Um, the receipt of that guidance has provided the necessary certainty that that um, uh, stakeholders needed to go from a term sheet to full-blown papering of transactions. Um, so we've seen a lot of activity in the transferability space since um, the end of June when the guidance came out. The guidance around many of the bonus adders, uh, the vast majority of that guidance has come out that has given 
um, stakeholders the ability to plan and, and work towards actually applying for, being eligible for those credits and, and being able to convince others that they are eligible for those credits, which is extremely important. There are certain areas of, of the Inflation Reduction Act where we're still waiting for some guidance specifically with respect to hydrogen tax credits. The guidance that will come out with respect to the, the hydrogen tax credits will be really significant in determining how large the hydrogen market is in the United States. So while we know of a lot of um, sponsors that are continuing to, to build hydrogen projects, I think everyone is, is waiting um, and watching pretty closely for this guidance to come out. Right. And you mentioned kind of going off the point you made about the hydrogen guidance, a lot of these um, that guidance from the IRA has these national implications. So I'm curious, looking forward more broadly, what do you think the IRA means for renewable energy in the U.S.? You know, I, 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 it's, it's, it's not an understatement to say that the IRA has been a game changer. Most importantly, we've got a solid 10 years of certainty around um, tax credits and the availability of tax credits for many of these technologies. You know, for years we were working with um, phase outs and, and, and a hope and a prayer that tax credits would be expanded um, each year in a tax extenders bill. The, the certainty that the IRA has provided around the availability of some of these tax credits ag- again into the you know, 2030s is so fundamental to giving stakeholders comfort that there's going to be these tax credits available, that they're not going to phase out you know, in, in two, three years. And, and with that, we'll continue to see an enormous build out of renewable energy infrastructure. Um, electrification and energy transition technologies. That was Bloomberg Taxes Pavithra Rajesh and Aaron Slowey speaking with Clifford Chance partner Alex Leff. And that's it for today's podcast. You can find up to the minute news and related tax and accounting developments at our website news.bloombergtax.com. That website, once again, is news.bloombergtax.com. Today's Talking Tax was produced by myself, David Schultz. Meg Shreve is our editor. From Washington, I'm David Schultz. Thanks for listening. I felt like I was in jail every day when I was going to work. I'm like, I got to get out of here. My executive order calls on the FTC to ban or limit non-compete agreements. Let workers choose who they want to work for. This season on Uncommon Law, we're exploring one of the most expansive Federal Trade Commission proposals in modern history, a nationwide ban on non-compete clauses. Non-compete clauses can really restrict competition. They can be coercive, they can be exploitative. We'll talk to workers who were desperate to take new jobs in their industry, only to be blocked by threat of a lawsuit. I remember getting served my cease and desist and thinking that this can't be right, this can't be fair, how can she get away with this? And we'll talk to the business owners who say they depend on these clauses to keep their companies afloat. I think like with anything else, when you enter into an agreement, there are rules. And you decide if you want to participate in that or not. I just believe that there should be some protections for small businesses like myself that are already in a very competitive industry. Plus, does the FTC under Chair Lena Khan even have the power to pass this rule? 
Look, Congress gave the FTC the authority to check unfair methods of competition. There is no limit to what Khan thinks she may be able to achieve if she can label it an unfair method of competition. Lena Khan is not coming out of nowhere. It really is the natural progression of the insights that we have about how harmful non-competes are on our markets. Join us as we explore the far-reaching implications of this proposal and the likely court battle that could shape the future of the American workforce. That's this season on Uncommon Law from Bloomberg Industry Group.